Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, however, wherever, whenever you're listening. This is the Root for Wisconsin show, episode 81, and we are back. Coming at you from the Minger True Value and Riverwood Gallery Studio, number three in De Pere, Wisconsin. Joining me today, all in person, Ramsey. Ramsey, how are you doing, buddy? It's awesome. been a while. How are you guys? It's been about three minutes since I've been on here. I can only imagine the poison that these guys have been talking since I've been gone, <laughs> not to be able to set them straight. I wouldn't say it's been poison. I would say it's been communist propaganda. I'm here to save you guys. Do not worry. That's a choice. And also joining us in person today, Shauna, Secretary Shauna. How's that? She can't use the P words. I can't say the letter that comes after O in the mic. Alphabet. Into the mic. Right. I mean, you could. Otherwise, you just got to. We broke one of our pop filters. <laughs> I got to cover it up with this thing. Yeah, which is a terrible audio element. They can't see it, but right. anyway. So okay. since we've been gone, <laughs> we have a couple. Since you've been gone. We have a lot to talk about. Uh, first and foremost, thank you to everyone who has supported our Facebook, social media, Twitter, Instagram, TikTok, everything along the way. Thank you for those of you who've checked out the Road to RPW Heatwave 2 series that we've been doing. Uh, two great interviews, one with D-Dog, Devin Ashman, and one with TW3. It's been a blast talking to those guys, and we've got more content coming up as we get closer to that event, where Ramsey, myself, and Justin will be in the wrestling ring handing a championship belt to the winner of the inaugural RPW Cruiserweight Championship match. It's going to be dope. So that's big news. Also, some things don't change. We've got our friends Monkey Knife Fight. We've got our friends Raise Energy, where you can you know kick back to the show. You know either you know participate, go buy some stuff. Code Root Four with Raise Energy at RepSports.com. R O O T number four, and then MonkeyKnifeFight.com. Go check it out. The mobile app puts some money in your pocket. Why not? It's go. basically. A free way to pay for date night. That's what I'm exactly. Saying. Which brings us to what we always start the episode off with: what we have rooted for. And I know we could probably go since we've been gone for about a month. There's probably been a lot of stuff that we can we have rooted for. But Ramsey, what do you want to talk about first here with what you had rooted for? Maybe the most in the last month or so. Nothing. Really? Yep. So excited to get back. Nothing. No, you guys are excited to have me back. You're not excited to be back? No, I'm, I'm still to be back. Not going to lie. Well, I was going to say, Ramsey, you could talk about what we did last night. Yeah, but I want to leave that in front of you guys. I, no, that's all you Because I think we just literally told the Shauna that she was going to be on the show, so I should probably let her, <laughs> we should probably let her take the low-hanging fruit. Well, I got the Brewers. No one has the Brewers. The Brewers just trade away their best closer. Well. We were going to touch on that later, too. But that's yeah. what I root for. Josh Hader getting traded to the Padres. To your what a San Diego what Padres. a great day. Great day to be a Padre fan. Just to watch the Brewers explode on social media. And yep. all how about all the fans that just bash the Brewers ownership for trading away a, a closer? Like, guys, grow up, relax. It's gonna be okay. He's a closer. You know, I will say it was a toxic last forty eight hours or so on social media's to be a Brewer fan. But, like, the Brewers have been well-run for the, what, last 
decade mostly. Yeah, we'll, we'll talk about this later. So nothing, Sean. Are you going to take last night? Uh, no. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, God. I, like I said, I rooted for the Brewers. That's my. I'm not going to take the low hanging fruit. I did my research. Well, Ramsey, I'm also not going to take last night. So why don't you get this out of the way? <laughs> no, I'm not taking the low hanging fruit either. It's not low. Okay, so a couple things. Well, I guess we'll. Here's touch a new on. segment. What did we do last night? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so last night, actually two nights ago, by the time people are listening to this, right? Two, three nights ago, whatever. We went to WIR in Kakana. What's the WIR? Wisconsin International Raceway to watch the Gandrud Auto Group Dixieland 250 for the Arca Midwest Tour. Our Super guy, late models. Our guy, Ty Majeski, 91 car, was a participant, as was NASCAR Hall of Famer Matt Kenseth, as was... Eric Jones, who really did not stand out whatsoever in that race. Derek Krause. Derek Krause was there. Carson Haasaver was there. Um, Johnny Sauter, another truck series guy. He was there. Bunch of other names I know we're forgetting. But overall, lots of stuff going on there. And in the end, it was once again Ty Majeski, his third Dixieland 250 win his and actually three out of the last four have gone to Ty Majeski. And it probably should be four for four. He had a mechanical failure yet last year early. Early, right. And you know, a couple things with last night's race. So first and foremost, I think we can I think, you know, all three of us that were there, he had the best car. I think Johnny Sauter had the best car. Right. And Johnny that's, Sauter that's what I was gonna say straight up. Johnny Sauter came out of a pit stop and passed him. Straight up. Straight up. Led for a while. And the next caution went to pit lane. And that was it. Just never no, came back. I had no idea what happened. Apparently, according to the Twitter verse, it was a mechanical failure. Apparently. That would have been interesting to watch down the stretch. Because that last pit stop that Ty took with, what, 60-something to go? Something like that. Is what changed the race. And I think Ty would have still won because the way his car ran after that pit stop, he was fast. He was faster than anybody else out there. I would probably argue he had probably better lap times than Sauter did if you're running lap for lap. That's not really a fair statement, though, just because especially on a concrete track, the more that track cools off, the more grip there is. Right. So unless Sauter's on the in the field, that'd be, that'd be a hard conversation to have. That's fair enough. So, yeah, sure, his laps would have been faster, but his would have been faster as well. So that's what we did last night. It's an was. awesome experience. If you guys are ever August 2nd. It's the first Tuesday in August is usually when it is. And Not always August 2nd, but. It's just an awesome event to go to. And, and shout out to Megan for the tickets. Our friend Megan, listener. At home right now in the COVID protocol with her fiance. So for since we've last Joshua recorded, Elizabeth. Joshua, Elizabeth, and Megan are now engaged. So Woo! claps for them. Um, so shout out to them. But yeah, Megan hooked us up with the Gandrud VIP section, which we had zero business being part of. Zero. We were the delinquents in the Gandrud Auto Group. 
Dick Trickle Pavilion. Dick turn Trickle one. Trickle Pavilion. Free good beer, stuff. free food. It was a good night. Private porta potties. Private porta potties. Private porta potties. Game changer. So overall, good night for us. Also, one thing I also want to talk about that I rooted for for you know most of our social media following knows already. I got to throw out a first pitch a week ago at the Tim Rattler's game, and that was an awesome experience. Woo! Threw a knuckleball right down the middle. Perfect knuckleball. Could not have been happier with the turnout of it. I believe uh, other listener, was it Sean, that said it was a little bit outside? Sean was not there. He said it was outside. I'm not. He's from Ohio. I was there, and it bounced off the plate. Ooh. You are so. <laughs> oh no! <laughs> I'm just kidding. It did not bounce. Off it the did plate. not bounce off the plate, but it was just a bit outside. It was. Not. I probably would have called it a ball had I been standing uh, back there. You were there. just the worst. According to the video, and it was, it was kind of a bad angle, and it's on video, so I don't want to. But it looked just a bit outside. It was right just down. Just a bit outside. It was right, right down, down Main Street. Yeah. You guys are the worst. <laughs> Thanks for the support, guys. What was the mile per hour on your pitch? It couldn't have been fat because knuckleballs are inherently slow. Like the fastest knuckleball in like MLB is probably like 60, 70 miles an hour. So it was not. It was probably about like 50. Why didn't you just go out there and throw just straight gas? Because no, everyone yeah, tries what? to do that. That's so overdone. No one throws a knuckleball. Well, well I just throw a heater. Could you, could you have thrown a 70 mile an hour fastball right down Main Street? At one point in my life, I probably could have. Not so, at this point in my life. I saw your video, and that was the question I had. How hard is it actually to throw a pitch in a major league baseball stadium? I mean, tech, that's the one thing about baseball. I mean, aside from the nerves, like I gotta say, because that's, up that's to part it, of it, though. Like how leading hard is up it? to it? Because oh, I didn't want to throw a ball. He was crabby the entire day. Like the <laughs> literally driving down to the stadium, he was so stressed. His hands were like soaking wet he was just like the nerves i'm like oh my god dude relax there's three thousand people there i'm not trying to throw a ball i'm not trying to bounce one <laughs> but the pressure did. is on i did not didn't steph curry bounce one Ste- yeah these world-class athletes cannot throw good first pitches so i'm saying so imagine, if you bounced one <laughs> imagine you're in the same boat with steph curry that's a pretty decent boat to be in I, you're not wrong i believe uh mr barack obama also bounced one you know who's got the like one of the worst first pitches of all time is Fifty Cent. Just seen the video it in the fucking stands. I love that guy. It, not even close. Shauna does love Fifty Cent. I love me some Fifty Cent. Yes. So that was a great experience. So shout out to the Timber Rattlers. Shout out Wisconsin International Raceway. Shout out to Majeski. That's what you'd root for. Now, with the positives come the negatives, and it's time for Tyler Hero Nugget of the Week. And it's obviously been more than a week. So this, let's use this as the, you know, everyone says Christmas in July, which, I mean, we're in August now. So we're going to go Festivus in August. Air Festivus your grievances. for the rest of us. <laughs> yes. Air your grievances. Any big nuggies for you, Ramsey? Uh, Kevin Durant needs one. I'd agree with I that. I think NASCAR needs a nuggie. NASCAR? NASCAR needs a nuggie. For voiding Denny Hamlin's win. When it was very obvious that the the placid piece that they got dinged for was on use in all the JGR cars since at least June. So you missed six weeks without ever finding this, and then he wins, and we're gonna 
ban it. Like, I don't like that look. That's a bad look, NASCAR. Yeah, no, I, I, the whole thing, and I, you know, say what you will about Denny Hamlin, his social media presence and his presence of mind is unlike most. Denny others. Hamlin might be one of my new favorite drivers. I used to not like Denny Hamlin. He is hilarious. But his sense of humor with it and the fallout of it. Drinking a bottle of champagne with his trophy with the plastic piece that was on the car in the Eagles trophy. And then the following week to, to have the bumper sit outside his hauler. Sit outside the haulers. And then speaking of haulers, William Byron's going up in flames. Well, not literally. His hauler did. Well, that's what I said. You said William speaking Byron. Of, I said speaking of haulers. William Byron went up in flames. Yeah, his hauler. There you go. My bad. But so saw that. Also, I wanted to ask you, Ramsey. After two very successful years, uh, Road America loses its NASCAR race. So I was talking to my uncle, who is from the Chicago area, who also listens. So shout out to Uncle Tim. I was talking to him about it, and he said that the worst part about the Road America thing for me was that he said the feeling of in the Chicago sports market right now is very just like it is what it is. Mm-hmm. Like, and that's a sad event because they were saying Road America was pulling like 700,000 people down. Absolutely. And they just decided to pull, in my opinion, the greatest racetrack on this continent off the NASCAR schedule. That's a terrible take just because you want to, I don't know. I don't even know what the point of the Chicago Street course is. No. For optics. You want to use it for an optic event. And then I guess all those roads down that area are now getting paid for by NASCAR to get redone. So NASCAR, you're paying to build a track in Chicago, which is, in my opinion, the shithole of the country. Yeah, you're going to be dodging bullets. Chicago's the poor version of New York. Fight me. <laughs> all right. So that's my nuggie. Shauna, you got any? Or that's Ramsey's nuggies. Shauna, you got any nuggies? No nuggie summer. We're still running. See, you say that, but you, you had need one. to let some hate out. You had one. That's the whole point. We talked about like a week ago. I don't think so. I like I said, no noogie summer. That's what I'm running. All right. I don't like that. Well, you need to let some hate out. What am I even? And we're going to pause on that note, guys, because joining us via Zoom or via Facebook audio, whatever, Justin Dahl checking in. Coach Dahl, how are you been, man? Quick wrist himself. Man, I have been good. The vacation time has been great, but I'm ready to get back at it. I'm sorry I couldn't really be with you guys tonight. You know, got to do the dad thing, and we're getting prepped up for some football season that kicks off next Tuesday. I'm super excited about that and, and what our season holds in the future, and I'm, I'm, uh, I can't wait to tell you guys about how that's going to go in the future. Uh, on our next episode, and, and, and we'll be in the midst of it, uh, getting it done. I hope you guys are doing great. Uh, I hope you guys enjoyed the vacation time. I, uh, I see that somebody moved into some new digs, so yeah, that's we are pretty in, cool. We are in Studio 3 as we speak. Yeah, and uh, so congratulations to you and, and, uh, and the missus about that, that new spot. I hope life is going good in that sense, and uh, – I hope Ramsey finds a little time uh, away from work. He's been working like a dog. What's going on with that, Ram Jam? You know, I don't know. 
There's, it's a lot. <laughs> I got a lot going on right now. That dude, so, it, it's life, man. I don't know how people with kids do it. I was talking to some lady in the airport on Saturday morning. She had two kids and a dog trying to go through TSA. And first off, going through TSA with me is never, like, <laughs> a great thing. But I'm talking to this lady, and she's, like, two boys and a dog. And she's, like... It was like, a service dog? No, it was, like, a dog in a backpack. <laughs> I turned around, and I, I look at this lady, and I go, you look exhausted. She's, like, I really am. <laughs> I, really, I felt the pain. I felt the pain. So I, I'm looking at her, like, I don't know how people with children, especially at this time of year... Have time to do like any day drinking? Like that's probably impossible. <laughs> you bring them along. I guess you find family it. function where there's alcohol. <laughs> Take them to the bar with you. Pawn them off to grandma and grandpa. That's exactly what you do, Shauna. Yeah, yeah but you exactly probably do that so many do. times though before grandma and grandpa go. <laughs> no, we got a day drink. <laughs> the grandmas always love the kids. Grandmas also love to get just chugging brewskis <laughs> <laughs> on their porch in the rocking chair god that sounds great right now all right so i just want to check in well just I, I got one thing for you before you go and we'll talk okay. off air about the football season coming up because okay. we're gonna do what we okay. can to to help you out with that as we did last year but i do yep. want to ask you since the last time we've recorded it's been you know some big news in your your department Big Ten grows, adds USC, UCLA. Thoughts? I think it's great. Uh, when you add the LA market, the, the second biggest market in all markets, uh, you now have the top two. Um, I think the Big Ten, what the Big Ten did was bigger and better than what the SEC did when they added Texas and Oklahoma. Uh, maybe not. Uh, by power standards and in, in what those programs are today, but what they what they bring to the Big Ten is far bigger than what Texas and Oklahoma bring to the Big or to the SEC. Um, uh, just a little quick note: I think the Pac-12 will dissolve. Uh, I think there are four teams that are probably going to uh, hit up the the Big 12 to jump ship there, and I think. The Big Ten's not done, guys. I think there's two to four more teams that possibly could join the Big Ten, uh, depending on how fast they move. Uh, the outlier would be two ACC teams. Uh, the mentions would be um, Florida State and Miami, uh, which would be huge uh, to, to corner all four corners of uh, the state's along with Oregon and Washington uh, as the other two potential joiners. I think Oregon and Washington are, are closer than Florida State, Miami, and I think the SEC is racing to see who they would get. To me, guys, the one caveat team that I can't believe is being uh, under-discussed uh, about their uh, value uh, towards uh, conferences, and, and I might shock you with this, would be the University of Nevada, Las Vegas, uh, only from the pure standpoint of how big that market is growing and, and what that allows a whole conference um, in, in Vegas, which is kind of the hub, is, is starting to grow as the hub of the, the sports capital of the world right now. Um, 
specifically for the for the Pac-12, uh, which is, will dissolve. So uh, I think somebody's going to jump and take a chance and shock somebody with UNLV. All right. And then any thoughts on current Badgers camp? Uh, it sounds like they've got some real big battles going on on the offensive line. If you could check that out, go ahead. They 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 sound five deep at wide receiver guys, and it's it's uh, brewing up to be a, a good class. We'll see if Graham Mertz, uh, quarterback number, entering his third year, could really uh, make a difference here and and boost the Badgers up to an 11 and 1, 12 and 0 season which is possible. They have a weak schedule. Uh, the outlier in that would be Ohio State. Um, but possibly play them twice, you know. And, and uh, I would keep my eye on on that offensive line, which with Bob Bostad back uh, coaching that team is going to be a, a, a ferocious group. Right now, guys, think of this. You have three three uh, tackles vying for the right tackle spot. Uh, the leader in the clubhouse today is a uh, five-star recruit, uh, Logan Brown, uh, who's entering his junior year. The uh, the uh, second in the running, Riley Malman, is a U.S. Army All-American. And number three in that running is five-star recruit, uh, brother of tight end, Nolan Rucci. He was an uh, U.S. Army All-American also. So three U.S. Army All-American guys vying for the right, the starting right tackle spot, guys. Think about that. That's a battle to watch. All right. Good stuff, Justin. Nice to check in All with right, you. And we'll hear back from you hopefully next week. Yes, sir. I miss you guys. I hope you guys are doing good. I miss our fans. I hope they're all doing good. It's great to hear from you guys. All right. Great to hear from you too, Justin. We'll talk later. Bye, Justin. Bye. Bye. Well, that was nice. Very nice of Justin to check in. So nice. So, Shauna, you, after a little bit of review, you do have a noogie. I do have a noogie. Um, Subway. <gasps> Subway is my noogie. Uh, a few weeks ago, Eric and I went to Subway. First of all, the prices at Subway have just gone up Balloon. astronomically. Thanks, Biden. Yeah. Inflation, whatever. You used to be able to walk in there, get yourself $5 foot long, and walk out of there with like seven bucks soda cookie chips five dollar foot long whatever so first of all eric and i went and it was like 30, was 30 some bucks. bucks for two subs two chips and two sodas ridiculous so to top that off we sat and we ate our sub got halfway through like my first little happy guy and uh there was a staple in my sub a staple a metal staple yeah, so Shauna looks at me and she's like, I think there's a staple in my bread. And me just thinking, like, we're at, there should no. not be a stapler in the building. I'm like, there's Eric no was way like, in hell. That's not a staple. I was like, mm, want to bet? And I showed it to him. And it, so then he's like, oh, that's actually a staple. And I'm like, yeah, that's what I said. So we take it up to the front and the guys are like in the back. They're like cleaning up. It's like late. Like we were, yeah, we were like moving and stuff. So it was like late, late dinner, whatever. So Eric like opens the side door and it goes ding. And the guy comes out and he's like, oh, hey, nobody <laughs> new is here. And uh, Eric's like, yeah, there was a staple in our sub. And the guy, the first guy was like, oh, that's gross. 
And uh, the we're, yeah, we we're agree. like, <laughs> yeah. And so then the second guy comes out and he's like, um, I didn't make the bread. I just got here at seven o'clock tonight. And he's I was like, like, I just got here. I, I got here at seven. I don't know what's going on. <laughs> yeah. So they offer to make me another sub. They throw away that half and uh, they made me another sub. They blame which, the new girl, though. Like they blame this new girl who must have started like that day. Yeah. They were like, oh, it's got to be her. I'm like, all right, fucking, well, whatever. Fucking Amber. <laughs> I'm just trying to figure out why there's a stapler. Unless it was like the only thing I can think of is maybe like if it if she was new, maybe it was like a packet on how to like make the bread or something. And the staple fell and in the, the dough. It, it, something. I don't know. But yeah. anyways, yeah. Subway got my noogie. What? Eric put it on social media. What subway was it? The one. Redbird Circle. Yeah. Redbird Circle Red Subway. Right. Into Pier. You guys suck. And so we. Unless you want to sponsor the show. Uh, then, we'll yeah. make, then, we'll, then we'll delete this. Yeah. We'll delete it. We'll make uh, amends and. Free Subway always for podcast Well, here's the other thing, though. So I put it on social media just, you know, just to be that way. I mean, first of all, the kids working that night, they were very nice. Not their fault. Not their fault. Very nice. What do you mean? It's 100% their fault. They made the bread. No, the kid. No, no, they they say that seven. Yeah, the bread makers are in the morning. Apparently, we learned that about Subway. They make the bread in the morning, and that's the bread for the day. So none of the kids that were there making our subs actually had anything to do with the bread i'm still gonna blame them that's fair but they they were very courteous they were right. you know, they were actually pretty funny yeah They're they like, were oh why is there a staple we're like well that's what we should be asking you right but so anyway put it on social media it takes subway like two days to even like respond to it they say hey dm us I'm like okay i'll s- slide the dms thinking we're gonna get some free subway and as it turns out so subway I don't know if this is a good thing, bad thing, but they're all independently owned. So for you to get anywhere with them, like they DM you, they say, hey, you actually have to go to the local owner and complain on this website. And I just looked at the forum. And I'm like, uh, yeah, too much work. I, this isn't worth like the free sub or the buy one, get one sub coupon we'd get. Yeah. So, yeah, big noogie to Subway. My noogie, and this is kind of ongoing, and I think we're going to have a great discussion on this because I think there's a – there's a lot of caveats to this, but right now it's the Houston Texans, which is still the leader of the dump, one of the leaders of the dumpster fire of the year, it combined sure with the NFL. So I'll say, sure, it's not the NFL. They're mismanaging everything right now. So we found, you know, really in the course of a day, we find out about the Deshaun Watson suspension, six games, which, granted, technically speaking, you know, just actually pointing this out in our group chat, technically speaking, in the eyes of the law, because these are all settled cases, no criminal charges. I get that you can't really suspend somebody when they technically didn't break the law. But at the same time, to be honest, I don't like the NFL suspends people at all. Because like what I do outside of my work, I don't get suspended at work. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, no, like, I get that. If I go out and fight people at WIR last night. I go to work like normal. My work probably might not like it, but they're not going to fire me over. over Unless um, it actually ends you ends up with you in jail. You can't make it to your shift, whatever. But but even that, I mean, I don't. That's so even the NFL, their whole. They've got to protect the shield. Yeah. Everyone knows you guys are a bunch of corrupt assholes. Like, it's not. I don't know. I just I should Deshaun Watson be suspended. Yes, he should be. He's kind of a shit human. But 
I don't really like employers necessarily suspending people. I would agree with you in principle on that, but just kind of one of those things where we know where we actually are in in the world of you know sports and how they are. So it's just not plausible per se to kind of go back on that as much as so. But anyway, so they have that whole thing. They come up with a tampering case against the Dolphins. But now we also find out, going back to Deshaun Watson, that the NFL is going to kind of break their own CBA and appeal the third-party ruling. And I think that's a terrible idea as well. Because there's a decent chance it goes to arbitration, and they're going to go back. The Obviously, the PA is going to sue over it. Right. And there's a decent chance Deshaun Watson starts week one. Yeah, absolutely. The NFL should have just took their loss and. But I read that Deshaun doesn't want to play this year because if he gets like suspended, like the uh, His deflate base thing, next year he's going to be making way more. So if it gets like delayed and he gets suspended next year, he's not going to make as much money. Sure. Wouldn't you rather take the six games right now, though? If you're the NFL, wouldn't you rather take the six games than go after a player who. Legally speaking, hasn't done anything criminal. But if you're the NFL, and this is where it gets really interesting, you know, you have all of social media coming after you, which would, again, you know, they're not going to do a damn thing about it. You have all of social media coming after you for always being light on suspensions for crimes against women. You have, you know, and I know we've talked about this as well in the group chat, but the whole Calvin Ridley being suspended for a year for gambling when he wasn't with the team. And I, I know there's a, lot, like I said, there's a lot of caveats to that whole discussion of it, too. But you have all these suspensions for things that I would say are far worse. Or or yeah. not as bad, I guess. I would say that aren't as bad I as think, what Deshaun Watson's accused of. I think the Calvin Ridley conversation is... That's not an equal... That's not an equal crime. I, I think they're... Too, yeah, they're, they're not apples to apples, for sure. Because the one hand is about the integrity of the NFL and the like the gambling thing. And the other one is just like a social problem, you know? I think that this is a lot more comparable to like, I'm trying to think, Zeke Elliott had some sexual assault stuff come out. Tyreek Hill. Punching his, I think those are a little more comparable versus the Calvin Ridley thing, man. You can't let any thought. And that's even the owner that got suspended is the same thing. Talking about integrity to the league. Right. I can't believe the owner. That's the see. That's the thing that doesn't that I don't understand. If the owner's paying Brian Flores to lose, regardless if he is serious or making a joke out of it. But if there's concrete proof of that he that offered, there it. is concrete proof that that's why they suspended him. So he's technically gambling in the league just like Calvin Ridley did. But the owner gets six games. Calvin Ridley gets a season. That's baffling to me. That's so. Those two are comparable. Deshaun Watson, even Deshaun Watson. That's such a bizarre case like oh, something's wrong with the sean watson so it's hard to well here's the other thing though that really adds a really weird angle to it is how many of these people were actually employed by the texans and you can even look at the time so let's have a conversation about this for a second so first of all to that point in his career prior let's look at what was the offseason going into the 2021 season yeah prior to that point in his career Every report ever about Deshaun Watson was that he was a sparkling human being. 
He would never, you know, he was like volunteering in the like the cafeteria at Clemson and this, that, and the other thing. Every example of him being a good person. Deshaun Watson says, hey, I want out of Houston. And, then, and here come these allegations. And the timing of it is just so weird. And then when you come to find out the team paid for, I don't remember how many, like 20 of the 30 or something to that effect. The majority of these were hired by the team. But they only found four ladies to be credible. The really? NFL did. That's what, so, yeah. They've only found, like, the ones that the, the judge looked at, it was only four of, like, the masses. Four of the 24 Four of, yeah. So wow. they only, that Judge Sue Robinson lady, she only looked at four of, and probably talked to, those four ladies that the NFL had found credible out of all of them. And from what I was told, piggybacking off that, that's why he only got the six games because she didn't have enough evidence to go after him. Yes. And so that's, she like reviewed everything. And she said um, that based on like what he agreed to in his contract, he violated three of like the 14 clauses. And then she only, like I said, the NFL handed her only four of the ladies that they had done in like their preliminary investigation. They only found four of the ladies credible that they passed on to her. That's wild. Yeah. It's uh, interesting. Yeah, for sure. But they also said, okay, so I, Pat McAfee show lady these days. Um, but they also were saying that Roger Goodell right now is trying to like, so the NFL, like Sue Robinson came out with this six game thing and then they, the NFL was going to, they had three days to appeal mm -hmm. and they watched the reactions of the people and they very much thought whatever the people say is what they'll do. So they're like going over and above this new precedence because they want this Sue Robinson to judge over everything rather than Roger Goodell to be like judge, jury, and executioner kind of thing. So the Players Association, like, they handed this over to Roger Goodell now, but they think that it's an opportunity for well, him. By well, the, by the NFL appealing, it goes back to Roger Goodell. Right. Which what Ramsey said, the NFLPA is going to sue the fuck out of them. Yes. Yeah, but they also, they were also saying that they just all want it to be done. So, like, this is a, they, they said that, it's probably going to go to the appeal thing, but they said that they probably would want Roger Goodell to, like, give him whatever, four more games, six more games, whatever it is. Roger Goodell wants a year. Right. But they think that they were saying that it's going to be maybe, like, four more, that he gets suspended for ten, and then just kind of let it go. And they were hoping that the Players Association would, too, because it makes everything look bad. They should let him walk at six. And not that I, again, not that I agree. I, I'm probably more on the fence. He probably deserved a year more so than six games. But you're going to make so much bigger of a mess right. of a situation that's already been a really bad look for everyone involved. But it also, like, if you're going to set this new precedence of this lady judging and your first time, you're already going to go back on it and be like, nope, sorry, thanks for reviewing, but here's what we're going to do either way, then it just kind of, like, defeats the purpose of why did you even have her do it in the first place? Well, because the NFL didn't want the players to strike. I suppose. That's all it comes down. It's all it's all money. Follow the money. You'll see it all. Right. It's so dumb. I hate the NFL. You know what? And but also at the same time, you know, it's really baffling to me. 
you know, we talked this offseason about the players union of baseball because they had the whole lockout thing. And I, I was on record of saying that baseball probably has the, one of the worst players unions. For the NFLPA to allow that to fly where the NFL can just appeal and say it's going back to them to do the suspension anyway. It's also mind boggling to me. Wouldn't you think it should be the other way around where you don't like the initial one from Goodell? Well, you go to arbitration, like a neutral third party? Yeah, I don't think the NFL's player union is all that strong either. Well, that's what I'm saying. I've been, they're probably not as bad as baseball. The only player union that's actually strong is the NBA player union. The NBA player union is insane. Can I give a nugget of Brittany Griner too? Yes, we have to talk about this too. <laughs> so While much I'm to talk about. about players that annoy me. Let, let, what do you got on this? Let's switch gears here, Rams. When as a country are we just going to hold people accountable for the actions that they do? Like if I bring a banned substance on an airplane, I get strip searched and go to jail. Right. Right? And you suffer the consequences of whatever that country has their law. Exactly. You knew that was a banned substance. And it's not like she was like a one-time visit. Like she played perfectly there. You, you knew it was a banned substance. You knew that it was a, a problematic spot. Why take the risk? Yeah, I the Why whole the thing is stupid. And you know, looking at how the kind of fallout from this has been, is a ten-year sentence for having a vape cartridge right? Probably not. But it's not our country either, right? That's what I'm saying. Like, I you can make that argument. Like, if she gets a, you know, if she would get, you know, she plead guilty. If you're gonna make that argument on it and say, okay, the sentence isn't fitting. And she's being held longer than she ought to be. Fine. She's probably t- served enough time for it. Whatever. But the country's laws where she is right now says 10 years for marijuana. Yep. You knew the law. In a country that you play professionally in. That's Can, can we branch off that too? And all you ignorant people out there that are talking about how it's, there's, it's a travesty that the WNBA makes like 30K a year. Like, you guys are so fucking stupid. It, everything's generated off revenue. Why does LeBron James up for a $97 million expense, or exp, or extension. contract extension? Because he's worth $97 million to the team he plays on. If you want the NBA to have equal pay towards the NBA, go watch their games. Go watch their games. Go support them. That's how that happens. If you don't do that... You can't bitch. You can't complain. And it's just such an asinine conversation that we have that they're like, oh, the entire WNBA makes $12 million a year and LeBron James makes 37 Yes. When was the last time you saw someone walking around with Candace Parker shoes on? Yeah. When was the last time that you – who won the WNBA title last year? Couldn't tell you. That's exactly – we're considered sports media. And you guys are going off on... And for the record, I actually enjoy women's basketball. Like, women's college basketball is incredible to watch. And I'm not saying the WNBA is even a bad product. If you have a WNBA game on, it's not a terrible product. No. It's just not interesting to the masses. But is that due to advertising, though? Because, like, I I couldn't even tell you when a WNBA game is on or what their season is about. But, like... it's They play 40 games in the middle of the summer. And it's probably more a... In a way deeper issue than just advertising on the WNBA. Because even if you look at high school basketball, sorry to say, but 
the majority of people turn out for the boys' basketball game versus the girls' basketball game. Well, there's a reason that girls here in Wisconsin that boys' state is in the Kohl Center where there's two decks of seating. Girls' state is at the Rush Center. So you can fill it with half the crowd. And don't get me wrong. Wisconsin high school girls' basketball. And Green Bay is the perfect place for it because Green Bay has the best women's program in the state year in, year out. And it's a pretty good talent group in the state as a whole. Oh, absolutely. It's just that it's not it's just not as followed. And that's the unfortunate part about it. And there's a lot deeper of an issue than that. But like if the WNBA is playing in the middle of the summer, there's nothing on but baseball. And, you know, that's sort of like a niche group of people. So, like, why doesn't the WNBA just advertise the shit out of their stuff? And that's, like, your sports fix for the summer. Well, people don't watch stuff in the summer. That's the other issue. That's part of it. I suppose. The WNBA is subsidized by the NBA. Yes. They have, you know, like, CJ McCollum's going to games all the time. Dame Lillard's going to games. You know, there's more fanfare around the the NBA players going to games than the the game itself. Because, you know, and and if you're going to have this conversation, again, I'm a huge women's basketball fan, all things considered. But if you're going to have this conversation and, you know, if someone's making that argument, if they can't name five WNBA players, I can't lose all credibility. I don't know if I could. I could. Diana Taurasi, uh, Arike Ogumbawale, because she's from Wisconsin. Elena Deladon, that's three. Paige, what's her face? Just tore ACL today. Yeah, she's at college yet, though. But that's what I'm saying. Paige Becker, uh, Sabrina, Sabrina, is it Ionascu, the one who was in oh. Oregon? And sure, you she's in the State Farm commercials. You tell me where you Like I said, the only women's basketball player that I really know is that Brittany Griner chick, and that's just because she's in the news. Yeah, but that's something that I'm s- just so sick of hearing about. It's like right, it's basic economics. Like at that point, it's. If you put out a good product, people will show up and support your good product. Not as a bad they'll product. They'll buy jerseys. They'll buy, you know, they'll watch the games. They'll buy jerseys. You know, really, the WNBA, I mean, they've got like kind of like the Olympic style basketball where it's got like the striping on it, too. That's a cool looking ball. It's 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 just a not Sue Bird. Just want to throw that one out, too. It's some it's a problem that people want to make. But they don't want to do anything about the problem. They just want to complain about equal pay, equal rights. But it's not even about equal pay and equal rights. It's about just you, you got to get equal revenue before you can even yes. have that conversation. So, yeah, that's a great noogie. Sean, any others you want to throw out here? Nope, just Subway. That's fair. <laughs> you know, I'm going to and I'm gonna, this is how we're going to transition here because I'm going to talk Brewer's Toxic Twitter. Oh, God, it was so bad yesterday. Terrible. So... As you know, well, and we're going to talk about the Brewers. First of all, Brewers up four nothing on the Pirates, top second, only two outs, men in second and third. Could even add more here and blow this game wide open. That Renfro, might be Renfro, gone. Renfro. That might no. Nope. Ah, dang it. I'm just anyway, say four nothing is pretty much blown wide open already, isn't it? Yeah, but essentially, if that's if that becomes seven zero on that fly ball that was not game, you know, obviously you can't say the game's over. But anyway, so Brewers despite all their shortcomings through injury after injury after injury are still two games up in their division. Granted it's a tight division, but you're, you know, with the expansion of the playoffs to add an additional team yet, you're sitting pretty right now, either way. 
isn't it one of the tougher divisions in the uh it's one of the closer i don't know if i'd say it's tougher sure it's closer so first and foremost you know the brewers make the splash headline of trading josh hater and now don't get me wrong when i saw that was i immediately like what the fuck yeah i was i was shocked yeah but then once you kind of start looking into the what they got returned. Well, they get what they get in return, but even just the situation. So Josh Hader was still arbitration eligible. He's under team control through this season and next. Yep. But he's going to go to arbitration this offseason, and an arbitration player is going to cost you $15 million on a one-year contract, basically. Far from ideal, especially in a small market that is, you know, kind of falling into a good place to be in a small market where... I don't want to say that it's a good thing that they're trying to just compete for the Central, not for a World Series. But when you're a small market team, especially with a Chicago team in your mark in your division, you almost kind of have to do that if you want to maintain relevancy and success. Okay, this is the same conversation though that we've had about the Packers. Right. Just play devil's advocate. At what point do you value winning over sustained success? I agree with you. But given the track record of the Packers versus what the given the track record of the Brewers, I am very much okay with what's going on right now in that aspect. Because the Brewers, for the first time, I think last year, they had been 2018, 19, 20, 21. So for the first time in franchise history in 50 plus years of baseball, they made four straight playoff appearances, which came off the year that they broke the record before, where the year before they had made three straight playoff appearances. They've never, up until 2020, they had never made more than two. So you're saying they've had seven playoff bursts in the last 10 years? In 50 years. They've had had 50 years, 52 years of Brewers baseball now, and they've had four, or the last four, they had 2011, they had 2008. So in the last 15 years, they've had five of their seven. Sure. But what what does that lead to? The best year, twice they've been one game away from the World Series. And lost both times. And lost both the times, The eventual correct. champion, correct? Yes. No, no, no. The Braves and the Dodgers. No, no, no. The, the Braves, they didn't. Uh, the Cardinals in 2011 went on to win. In 2018, the Dodgers did not win. They got beat by the Boston Red Sox. But in 2019, in the wild card game, they lost to the world champion Astros. 2020, actually three years in a row now, they've lost to the champion. The Nationals, the Dodgers in 2020, and last year they lost to the world champion Braves. Told you. You were half right. <laughs> Big but, baseball fan over here. Anyway, so I, I, I paint this picture to, you know, that's the first move that gets made. And everyone's like, what the hell? I'm melting down. And the return that they get, they get Taylor Rogers, who is second in the National League in saves. Which is nothing to scoff at. Very, you know, still pretty good. He's had a rough July, just like Josh Hader. But the Brewers pitching lab has revitalized so many careers. And this guy is coming off of two, actually three, all-time career years. And just so happens that he had one bad month. Same thing as Josh Hader. So with that in mind, it's a very good move. Now... Is Taylor Rogers' Josh Hader good? No. 
but you don't need him to be. And I think this is a big thing for me was that if Taylor Rogers is Brad Boxberger good, you're going to be sitting pretty because you still have Devin Williams. You still have Brad Boxberger. And then you add a whole litany of bullpen arms over the last few days. So then you go to Monday night. They make another trade. They get rid of uh, a prospect, Antoine Kelly, and Mark Mathias, who's a career journeyman, makes an occasional pop-up on the big league roster, plays in AAA for Matt Bush. Now, Matt Bush from Texas, not the greatest human being ever to grace a baseball field, kind of a, a little bit of a scuzzbag, but the guy's got an amazing fastball. He's got good stuff, and it seems like he's kind of sorted out the personal stuff. So everyone's all pissed off about Antoine Kelly. Antoine Kelly's not even the best Brewers pitching prospect in the organization. You get a guy who's got control for two, three years yet. Good move. I'm a big fan of that move. And then the really the bad one, the only bad one, and so again, Brewers Twitter got real toxic when the Brewers trade for Trevor Rosenthal, who is a really good pitcher, but hasn't pitched in the, the bigs in two years. And you give up a red-hot Tristan Peters, who was in high A. Wasn't the Rosen... He was a pretty highly regarded prospect, wasn't he? Trevor Rosenthal was a very highly regarded prospect. He pitched really... I, his He made his career with the Cardinals, I believe, five, six years ago. And was still even you know in a good spot pitching-wise in 2020 when he last pitched with the Padres. Now, the only kind of downside is right now he's hurt, but it's not an arm injury. It's a hamstring injury because he wasn't signed until last late last month. But that's he's still got a fresh arm. Yeah, he's going to come in the pitching lab and you've got all this bullpen depth. Now, the big the big issue is the Brewers don't end up adding a bat at the deadline. And I can see that David Stearns reacts for saying, you know, we've got bats that we like in triple A. We've got bats that are coming back from injury where really since the end of the all-star break, we've seen an explosion out of this Brewers offense. I mean, multiple times now they've been back at it for just about a week now. And we've seen what three, four games of five plus runs that they've scored offensively. Yeah. So all in all very, you know, just very entertaining. And there are already got four runs tonight. And then you also kind of in a way get a, a starting pitcher out of the whole thing in a in a roundabout way because you get the return of Freddie Peralta who's on the mound tonight and he, I don't think he's pitched since May. So you almost get a deadline deal there too in a way. So all in all, I you know, I don't think the things are as bleak as everybody wants them to be. Yes, losing Josh Hader sucks. The timing of it is questionable. Everyone's like, you know, why couldn't this have been last offseason? Why couldn't it have been this offseason? I stand by it's a reliever though. At the end of the day, well, there's already kind of a book on how to beat him, though. The Freddie Freeman hit a home run off of him to walk off the division series last year. 2019 was an awful year for Josh Hader, and the month of July has not been kind to him this year. Like I said, he's a. We're talking about a relief pitcher. Everyone needs to just tap the brakes a little bit. He's, well, I think you see like from like casual because like I saw on Facebook too, like a lot of like more casual baseball fans they were freaking out 
But I think they look at it as face value. Like Josh Hader is like He's your namesake, all star closer. You hear Josh Hader coming out, you think, okay, the game's, you know, in the bag. And then you see who they traded for, who's supposed to replace him now. And you look at his July ERA or whatever the heck, and you like freak out because it's not great. And so I think that, you know, like I said, casual fans and Brewers Twitter and Facebook and whatever, everybody hit the panic button. Because they didn't look into it. They're just like, oh, my God, we traded our all-star away. You didn't hit the panic button? Ramsey. Ramsey. I did not hit the panic button. You want to know why? Because you're getting him on your team. Because he's a relief pitcher. Like, <laughs> everyone needs to relax. We're ta- not talking about a Cy Young winner. We're talking about a bullpen guy. True. Yeah, overall, I mean, again, yes, the timing is odd. You know, people bitched about the return back where... They've actually already DFA'd one of the guys they got back, but he wasn't part of the really big trade anyway. So I, I'm i okay with all of it. So anyway, so that's our toxic Brewers Twitter noogie slash talking about the Brewers who are back up to bat here. Freddie Peralta pitching a one-hit baseball through two. Now, I gotta we got to talk about this too. You know, We kind of skipped over our What's Weird Wisconsin aspect here. So with that... We talk about, you know, everyone talks about the Powerball and the Mega Millions, and we had the billion-dollar Mega Millions a couple weeks back, or la- earlier, last week. Last week. Last last Friday. And everyone and their mom was buying tickets and buying lines and this, that, and the other thing. And everyone talks about the billion dollars. Wisconsin person from Kakana, correct, Ramsey? Yes. Ends up winning a million-dollar prize. And so I guess just kind of our what's weird Wisconsin, just top of mind, if you won that billion dollars, what would each of you guys do? And then we could talk about the million too, but what would you do with a, a billion, billion dollars? So after taxes, we're talking what? 600,000 probably. 600 million? Yeah, 600 million, yes. I don't know what I'd do with it, but you know I have it. You'd know. There'd be signs. <laughs> There'd be hints. There'd be subtle hints. There'd be a lot of people who would never see me again. I think the first thing I'd do is quit my job. See, I don't even know if I could quit my job, though. What would you fucking do all day? Oh, anything. <laughs> anything. Sure. Okay, but let's let's play this. Just appease Rams. Okay? Okay. You quit your job. Then what? What do you get up in the morning for? Uh, go into my vacation properties in Hawaii, okay. France, sure. Florida. What are you going to get up for work? What are you going to get up to do after a year? See, I hate this argument. I really do. No, but I'm, I'm dead serious. You, after a year, what are you going to do? You're going to have to do something. I'm going to go visit my family. Sure. I'm going to hang out with them. Okay. See, uh, here's here's but, where I kind of I've thought about this long and hard over the years. At my current lifestyle, and again, you know, there'd be like Ramsey said, there'd be signs. But my current lifestyle, I can maintain the lifestyle I live. Granted, going to work, but also just, you know, doing the few things I find fun now. I could maintain this lifestyle for 20 years on $1 million. Again, I I understand that's the thought. But that's even like people go, oh, I'm going to retire. Okay, go retire. And then they retire. And then they give you a call in six months. They're like, hey, do you have that job available still? Sure, come on back. And then yes, what happened? He's like, you can only fish and you can only sit in your boat and you can only sit at your house for so long before you get bored. So you would have to do something. 
See, I think I think I would quit a job that I need. Sure, to do something you want to do. Fun. Yeah. Yeah. But you still need to do something. I mean, yeah, I like, yeah, for sure. Well, I'll I tell like you what, that. They, quit they, a job you need. The distribution and the show element of the Root for Wisconsin show would be on a different level. First of all, I wouldn't be freaking editing this stuff. We'd have better equipment so that doesn't break if it, you look at it funny. But we'd also have somebody editing it for us, promoting it for us, instead of me doing all that stuff, and Shauna doing all the video editing. I was going to say, give credit where credit is due, brother. Yeah. So we'd have we'd have some some work being done. We'd have a grade A studio instead of a spare bedroom. We do what we can with what we have. And no, I'm not exactly. But I'm just saying, like Ramsey said, there'd be signs. Yeah. I'd probably try to get a daily show kind of going because, you know, I like this idea of if you win like a billion dollars, you can like have some of your friends quit their jobs too. And just kind of keep them on retainer. Be like, hey, do what you want to do. Just live the dream. Just live the dream. But also, like, if I want you to come do something, like, let's go do something. Like, hey, call in sick today. I'll pay your wage. <laughs> well, I mean, it was $600 million. So, like you said, Eric, so technically that would be how many years for you? Well, on $1 million, I can do 20 years. So 20 years times 600 what, that's 1200 right? So if you invested that, right, just in like a CD account that returns what, like 2%? Yeah. 2% of $600 million would be what? A lot. Secretary <laughs> Shana? $600 million. What's two? What's 2% on $600 million? Oh, shit. <laughs> Live math. Hang on. Twelve million. Is two percent? Yeah, six hundred so million times if, point zero two. Right. If you just yeah. put your six hundred million. million in the bank, lived off the two percent interest a year, you'd have twelve million dollars just to hang out with. So and at, even so that, at twelve million dollars, like Eric was saying, if you just didn't do anything with the money, you just took the, the six hundred million, you put it in the bank, got a two percent interest, which there are avenues to have higher interest rates than that. But you'd be living on twelve million a, a year. year, and that would be enough that you could then have five, six, seven of your buddies also quit their jobs and just hang out and do whatever. Well, here's the math on that. That'd be twenty. That'd be two hundred forty years at a million per year on just interest. Right. So on, like I said, that whole million dollars twenty year thing on current lifestyle, that's two hundred forty years. And that's just the interest. That's what you would do. That's what I would do. I'd put it all in the bank, live off the interest, and then throw a massive party. Well, and that's the thing, because even if that $12 million, you're sitting there like looking where you can have... I mean, I don't want to say you could spend a couple million pretty easily, but I think you could. But we just we looked it up before the show started. Riley Reed is worth $12 million. Right. So she's worth $12 million total, You'd be pulling twelve million a year, yeah, and that's just net worth. Like that's not even counting what. That's not liquid. That's so twelve million liquid asset. Yeah, that would be. So I'm pretty sure you can live fairly comfortably on twelve million a year, especially in the state of Wisconsin. Oh, one hundred percent, and that's including like you know, let's even take that down to five hundred million because let's just even say you do a hundred million of, you know, blowing your money around and. And having fun, having parties, donating if you're gonna if you're into that, 
you could blow through a hundred million dollars. I don't think it'd be easy to do. I can't even fathom spending a hundred million dollars. The thing with a hundred million dollars, most people can't even comprehend what a million dollars is. Right. Like I really, if you told me like how much money is a million dollars actually, right? I would have a hard time even comprehending what a million dollars would be. Well, that's what I'm saying. So 12 million is times that by 12. And like you said, 500 million. You could definitely buy some real estate. You could live off that and just do whatever you wanted, really. Right. I buy race cars, so I do. I buy race cars. <laughs> Shauna? Been racing at WR last night. What? If you had that money, just, again, kind of first thing that you could think of. that I'd you pay would my student loans, and then with the $2 left. <laughs> just kidding. <laughs> uh, I'd pay my student loans, and then I'd probably go on. Honestly, I'd probably go on, like, a trip abroad and just go see all the places that I've that are like dreams to see, you know, um, I, that's probably the first thing I do. And then, you know, be philanthropic and help my family out and no, whatever. The starving children and whatever. The, yeah. The family at the roundabout. <laughs> right. That's probably, no money for them. All Taco Bell shirts. right? <laughs> all Taco Bell shirts. <laughs> anyway. So back to sports, back to sports world. So, Really nothing going with the Bucks right now. Nothing really going. I mean, we talked Badgers earlier, so that leads us to the one team that we have left to talk about. There's another team in the state of Wisconsin. There is. That people care about. Apparently. Allegedly. Allegedly. So that being the team in our backyard, the Green Bay Packers. Now, there's so many different angles to take here. So, Ramsey, I'm going to ask, have you been kind of following along with training cap at all? Here and there. So any any first impressions you have on the early part of the season here? I This is going to sound dumb. All the stuff that people get really excited about during training camp, I don't think it's going to matter this year. Like People get really hyped up about watching like someone run fast or someone have a one-handed catch or someone make a nice throw. And that's what people get all hyped up about. This team... Reminds me a lot of those New England teams from that like 2000 mark to about 2010-ish mark. Okay. Really solid defense. Not a whole lot of big names on the offensive side aside from Aaron Rodgers. So I think that this team is just, it's not going to be a very pretty football team per se. Mm-hmm. But I think they're going to find ways to win and they can win multiple ways. So with that said... When you can win multiple ways, you win the NFL. And I think this team can win more ways this year than they could last year. Yeah, absolutely. And so I did the you know the, the pilgrimage to training camp. Sean and I did that uh, this last Saturday. So a couple takeaways. I first of all I do agree, you know, th- with what you said. I do gotta say, and and there was no pads on Saturday. I think yesterday was the first day of pads. The defense, like, that's the main focal point of this that team right now. defense is going to be fast. Defense they is going to be fast. Fast. They're going to be fun. They're big. They're big. They're long. They're, insert adjective here, potentially dominance. I shouldn't even say potentially. Like, everything on paper says. I fully anticipate that to be a top yes. eight defense in the league. I'd even say top five and not five. I. I don't want to get ahead of ourselves too much, and especially with the division they play in, 
the Vikings are going to put up a lot of points. The Vikings are going to put up a lot of points, a lot of yards. We're playing a first-place schedule, so we're going to play some really good offenses. So I, they might be a top-five talent. I don't know if, metrically speaking, they're going to be a top-five defense. That's fair. I'll concede that. I think that's a hard thing to do in today's NFL. So, obviously, everyone has to stay healthy, which you can never count on. Right. But at the same time, you can't not count on it either. If you're just talking on paper, if you're talking Madden, Madden comes out later this month, you're talking about that, you know, sim sim the season, sim no injuries, whatever. That's a damn good defense. Yes. Now... Even with an injury or two, they're pretty deep for the most part. Pretty well-rounded. They're pretty deep one through 20, right? I mean, 11 starters, 22. I mean, 1 to 22, that's a pretty deep defensive rotation. Yeah, absolutely. Because you look at, like, Rasul Douglas was getting second-team reps in some of the team stuff. Right. And depending on just where you slot them and... You know, because you're going to have Eric Stokes on one end. And you're going to have Jair. And he can even play the slot if need be. You can have Eric Stokes out wide. You can have Jair Alexander out wide. You have so many options. You have Darnell Savage and Adrian Amos yet. Two of the, you know, not by any means, probably neither one of them a top 10. Well, I'd probably put Adrian Amos as a top 10. I would bet you Savage probably is too. But they're in that probably 7 to 12 range yeah, of safeties in the NFL. Yeah. So top half of the starting safeties around the league. You've got guys like Keyshawn Nixon, who really hasn't done anything, you know, hasn't practiced per se yet, but is a special teams guy. You've got Quay Walker, who, who the Packers first first round pick this year. Who has stepped in day one as a starter in training camp and mini camp? Beast. And no one, you know, the Packers don't do that. No. Not like that. They don't. And Quay Walker stepping in. You had a damn good season from Chris Barnes last year. Yes. You've got Devontae Campbell back in the fold. Which I, always, I like to count him Devontae Campbell. He's a. And then you throw in adding Jaron Reed, having Devontae Wyatt. And you still got Kenny Clark and Dean Lowry up the middle, too. Yep. There is a lot of talent in that front. Well, really the whole unit. And then you add in some of the depth guys who kind of get in um, a white safety. Dallin, as was a Levert or something like that. Another guy from the Raiders who came in kind of with Passaccia was getting first team reps. Jeez. We've seen KB and Ento getting a lot of early work. You got Kingsley Angabare working with the defensive line, kind of getting ones and two reps. And and that's there's so many other guys you can kind of put in this conversation that this defense is going to be so much fun to watch this year. Is this not the most like Wisconsin Badgers professional team you've ever seen? Yes. Really strong at running back, a really good offensive line, and a solid defense. A dominant defense, you can even say. On paper. I, I, I'm going to hold. I would like to see them in a game situation before I say dominant. That's fair. I'm not saying that they can't be. I'm just saying I. we'll, we'll see. Let's put some pads on. And 
So one other. So then we kind of talk about the offense, and I kind of want to ask you what you think about this, Ramsey. So there's the old saying that defense is always very good in the early part of the pre in the early part of the season, the preseason, training camp, and then the offense catches up. Yeah, that's that's defense is easy. Offense is timing. So the angle of kind of looking at, you know, Aaron Rodgers comes into camp and kind of, I think, day two or day three of actual camp says that the offense is going to win some days. The defense is probably going to win more. Right. And I think the offense is, quote unquote, one, maybe two of the days so far. And the defense is one the others. Well, I think the offense is designed in an interesting way. Right. And we'll see how smart some of these, the leadership at uh, Lambeau currently is. The offense is going to be very reliant on Matt LaFleur's offense to work people open. And that is a two-sided coin. On one side, it is really good to be dependent on the offense you run. Because the offense will work itself as long as your coach has a good enough offense in place. It's scary, though, because when you get off script, what then happens? And that's what I, I guess I'd be worried about if I was a Packer fan today. What happens when we get off script and Aaron doesn't trust his receivers and he's throwing the ball away four or five, six times a game? That's fair. Now, I do want to ask, you know, and I know that you haven't been in training camp yet. And I know, you know, again, they just put the pads on yesterday, so you really don't have much to kind of work with, per se. But there's some very standout play players on this offense already. Obviously, we know what we have in the running back position. Aaron Jones, AJ Dillon. We know what we have there. We know, Obviously, we know what we have at quarterback. Uh, I think Bobby Tunyon is closer to back than any of the injured guys right now who are starting on the pup list, yeah. aside from maybe technically Christian Watson. Well, um, um, isn't and even Bakhtiari still on the pup list? Bakhtiari is, Elton Jenkins is. Uh, I bet Elton Jenkins looks pretty good, though. Elton Jenkins looks good. Bakhtiari, well, we'll talk about Bakhtiari in a second here, but when we went to camp on Saturday, Bob Tunyon is looking good. Yeah, I have that. And I, I'm, I would expect him week one at this point. Yeah. And, I mean, his ACL, it looks good. Also, um, running back. Got Torres ACL kickoff. Oh, um. You know what I'm talking about. Yeah. Third string. 22? No, 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 no. 30. I want to say 32. Kylan Hill. Kylan Hill. Kylan Hill. He's coming along. His ACL. Now, again, like you said, Elton Jenkins looks good. You're hoping week one on that too. I, you know, obviously to be seen because we, you know, when you compare it to an ACL injury for a bigger guy, we talk about David Bakhtiari. Now, reports came out last week. David Bakhtiari isn't necessarily the ACL injury anymore. He says that's been healed for a full year. It's been everything else surrounding that in his knee. Where he even had to have a third procedure this offseason just to kind of clean stuff up again. So, concern, there's not necessarily a timetable 
for him to be back per se. But the also, team's also cautiously optimistic. He worked outside. Actually, on Saturday, he worked outside for the first time all camp. He's continued to be actually working outside slowly but surely. Also developed Pink Eye in there, which has been a running story <laughs> on, on the Aaron Rodgers Instagram. Um, all in all, I guess I'm not too worried. Now, I do want to talk about offensively. We haven't seen Christian Watson yet. He's still in the pup list with his minor knee scope. Romeo Dobbs. And you know you can say what you want. It's, it's in shells. It's not in pads. Put pads on. Let me see it. Let me see it after you hit by a safety. Like that's Romeo Dobbs. I he smoked Eric Stokes yes. yesterday. Yes. Um, I especially as a former receiver, it is really easy to look good in shorts and a t-shirt. That's really, fair. really easy. Expand on that. I want. I want to hear what you got on this. When you're in shorts and a t-shirt, it's you don't have to worry about getting hit. You don't have to worry about pads getting in the way of trying to catch a ball. You don't have to worry. All the all the added stuff in that makes the job harder isn't there. You're running around playing catch with your buddies. So when you put pads on, that kind of stops, and it's a little bit different with thought process. Let's put pads on. Let's... I'll, now looks, he looks good. He's fast. He's quick I do off the believe ball. the beating Stokes was with pads on. I believe it was shells, though. Correct. I, I'm Not pretty sure pads. it was pads. I'll I'll double check. It is pads. I just looked. I'll again. I'll believe when I see it. You'll believe the hype. You mean when he gets into a game and okay, we see. Uh, that's yeah, fair. That's he's a rookie. I heard I've heard from a lot of people not like outside the Packer organization that are saying that he was looking really good. He was looking quick, he was looking agile. They're saying that he's potentially in conversation for the special teams role between kick and punt return. return. So that's always a big help. I guess I just I will believe he's a fourth round pick for a reason. Right. So we'll see when Everything gets fired up if we're still talking about the same way. Now, a couple other offensive uh, training camp notes and kind of conversations. One, Sammy Watkins back in the fold. I believe he started kind of going back into teams now. Uh, Amari Rogers very quietly is having a very good camp. I've also heard that. Uh, has lost a significant amount of weight. I heard he looks really good. I have not seen any footage on him yet, but... So Amari Roger and I wanted to, I was actually really excited to ask you about some um, Amari Rogers comes off of you know basically three straight years of being a college football playoff, and then he, you know he comes into camp last year basically you know, goes through the whole draft process, really has no healing time. He talks about how his body kind of betrayed him for the first time ever. He wasn't NFL ready physically when training camp started last yeah, year. I believe that. And as the season went on, just couldn't but those comments that wear explain and everything right they do that explains what happened last year and why he was kind of absent for a lot of the season yeah and that's that's the really interesting thing to me is that that presence as to is it too little too late no you, know, you bring in three so. wide receivers out of the draft you bring in sammy watkins granted your depth is 
virtually none. I'm going to guess Watkins gets cut. Really? Yeah. That's an interesting take. I'm going to guess. I, if, if you had apples to apples today, who are you going to keep, Sammy Watkins or Amari Rodgers? Well, so let's let's go through this for real quick. Al Lazard is a for sure. Yes, probably at this point. I'd say Christian Watson and Romeo Dobbs are for sure. Yes. Randall Cobb's for sure. Right, so that's four. So depending on how many you keep after that, you've they got... They traditionally keep, what, six? Six or seven. Depending we've seen on... seven. We've seen five. Six is probably the magic number, I would guess. So that you throw in Amari Rogers, You throw five. in Amar, um, Samari Torrey, who's also a draft pick, seventh round pick. But kind of that same role, kind of a slot guy. He very well could be on his way out. You've got Malik Taylor. You've got Juwan Winfrey. Now, Justin and I talked pretty extensively about those two specifically. Where if you're bringing in Sammy Watkins, if you're bringing in you know three wide receivers in the draft. You're kind of assuming those guys aren't going to be around. You've seen what you need to see out of those guys. They're not going to get dramatically better. They're not going to get drastically worse. No, they're there. They are what they are. You bring in Danny Davis, who, unfortunately for him, undrafted free agent, a couple other guys. Danny Davis is wearing number 20 in training camp right now as a wide receiver. Not a great sign. I mean, like I said, when you start talking, I would, I'm going to go on a limb. I'll still say Sammy Watkins was cut. I don't know how much is left in the tank. That's insane for a 27-year-old. Like, he's 27. He's your he's age. He's been in the league for how long? Right. No, there's a lot of mileage on those wheels. So, if you're keep, you said six is your magic number. Probably six. So, are you going Amari Rogers? And who is your sixth? Are you going Taylor? Are you going Torre? Are you going I would Winfrey? say that the number six might not be on the roster right now. Really? Because they need depth, right? Arguably, yeah. And someone in training camp is going to get caught around the league. True. Right? Like, eventually someone's going to get caught. I would say... I don't want to say Watkins isn't going to make the team, but I just have a weird feeling that he's... See, I, I think Watkins makes the team week one. But if we're going to go this angle of it, I don't know if he's on the team week 18. If that's the angle, we're going to kind of look at things. But then are we even sure on that? That's, that's the thing with Sammy Watkins. I guess we'll see. We'll, I mean, we'll see, right? He's been a pretty – he's been productive, not great. Yeah. I think that's a fair assessment on, what, a former fourth-round pick. Former, former first round pick. First round pick, fourth overall. Something like that, yeah. We'll see. I mean, I. He's a little odd, too, isn't he? In what sense? I think I've, I've heard that he's kind of a little bit of an odd personality. I don't know if I've heard. I don't think I've heard that. Um, I, I don't, don't take that as fact. I, I believe I've been told he has a little bit of an odd personality. But at, at, at the end of the day. You know, a couple other just side elements to that, because if you're going to talk about, you know, this this big emphasis on special teams, really you've got three of that six or seven that are probably going to end up on special teams. You look at Romeo Dobbs. Well, Samuel Watkins going to play special teams? Probably not. But that's what I'm saying, is if you've got 
Romeo Dobbs, you look at Amari Rodgers, you could probably get on special teams. And Romeo Dobbs also proven to be a willing to be a willing blocker. And then maybe Samari Tori, if you were to make the team as a seventh round pick. Maybe Jawan Winfrey or Malik Taylor as a special teams type guy. Just to circle back, Sammy Watkins, uh, he's very spiritual. Uh, he believes in spirits everywhere kind of thing. He's got a little bit of weird. So he's Sam Darnold. He sees ghosts. He's a little bit of weird. <laughs> Which doesn't even necessarily weird. I'm just saying that that's, that yeah. could be off-putting to people. Yeah. And not saying that that's like. Yeah. But he says that he can predict the new world coming and stuff. So interesting. Anyway, I want to talk to Sammy Watkins now. He, it, according to this article, he, uh, he's got quite the, the ideas. I want to talk to this guy. <laughs> so Rams was right in saying that he's, he's a little out there. He's got, yeah, he's got constellation beliefs. He's got, you know, yeah, he's just odd ideas. That's the guy I, I want to talk to. Though. I tend to lean towards that side, but I I'd also understand that that can be an off-putting. They yeah. can be off-putting to people. Uh, it says he detailed how we all die in our sleep without even knowing how we enter a different dimension where we're able to manifest realities in the physical world. Stuff like that. This is a conversation you like, and you take some sort of illegal substance. And then you and just... you have a hell of a conversation. Which, speaking of, great segue. Aaron Rodgers talking about using psychoactives today yeah. on a podcast. I did not make see him a that. better quarterback. He was doing what? Shrooms? I'm. I haven't. I haven't read the article, but I'm guessing probably DMT with Joe Rogan. Yeah, he said. I just read that before too. How does the NFL feel about? Uh, oh, ayahuasca, which is basically DMT, DMT right? Yeah. So that's interesting. I don't even know if that's a banned substance technically in the NFL. Especially, isn't everything banned in the NFL though? Yeah, it feels like it. No fun leagues, remember? True. Yeah, this is. He went on quite a bit about this. Also, I wanted to ask you. You know, all three of us in this room tattooed. What do you think of the Rogers tattoo? I liked it. It was a very well done tattoo. Very yeah. well done. Very whoever, interesting. Wh whoever did it. Did a good job. It's a it's a good tattoo. I don't know if I it's not my favorite tattoo of all time, but it's very intricate. It There's is. like a lot to it, and you could tell it's was very th like well thought out. Someone did a very good job with that. I I guess he opened up on it the other day, and I'm trying to see if I can find the story. Um, but he opened up on it, and it's very deep and meaningful, and this, that, and the other thing. Good for him. It says it, uh, he has the intersection of Scorpio and Aquarius at the center of the design, which represents the winter solstice bisected by Sagittarius, which is his star sign. Is he still dating blue? Blue Earth? Is, I, is he still with her? I don't or know. Or is that a rumor? I don't know. I'm looking for that. Not seeing anything that says one way or the other. He said... If he gets a tattoo, he wants to get some representation of his godson, the Packers quarterback said. Now I have two godsons. I'm very thankful for that. 
One of them is Aquarius, one of them is Sagittarius. So he wanted to put a representation of them on his arm. So, hmm. yeah. It was a Hungarian tattoo artist. I'm going to guess him and uh, Sammy Watkins are going to get along just great. Yeah, it sounds like Rogers is kind of trippy these days, too. Hey, if he's well, winning back-to-back yeah, back MVPs, man. though, yeah. Yeah. I'm all for it. Yeah. Potentially back-to-back-to-back. Because that's that's the really the interesting thing of this whole, you know, kind of looping back to this, this training camp and this season as a whole. We talk about the defense. We talk about the running game. I would say this is the first year really since probably 2008, 2009, where Rodgers kind of has a chip on his shoulder, like a true chip. We talked about the FU tour last year where he came back and everyone was, you know, he came back to the team after months of speculation he wasn't. We talk about, you know, the the narrative of him not caring about winning, just being good, you know, good enough to win the division. So many narratives, but for the first time in a long time, you know, probably since, like I said, the whole Brett Favre versus Aaron Rodgers quote-unquote rivalry where Favre was still in the league, whether it be the Vikings or the Jets, that fire kind of is there he, uh, to prove himself again without a true number one receiver without a bevy of talents, you've got relatively unknown wide receivers outside of Randall Cobb and to a lesser extent, Alan Lazard, like people in the league know Alan Lazard, but your casual fan outside of Wisconsin probably sees number 13. is like, who the hell is that? I mean, Alan Lazard has been kind of a bigger name the past few years, right? Like I said, if you pay attention, I would agree. But your average, if you look at the average NFL fan in Tampa Bay, well, not Tampa Bay because they probably call Nebraska. Closely, but you look at your average NFL fan in Nebraska. Nebraska. You look at your average NFL fan in Oklahoma or. I'm just going to limb though and say the average NFL fan is pretty fucking stupid. Yeah. So, like, I don't know if their opinion should matter anyways. But that, that's what I'm saying, though, is outside of the people who follow the game closely. Alan's runs, what, probably an 82 on Madden? I have to look that up. Now I'm curious. The, the, the ratings just came out not too long ago. I bet you he's an 80, 82 to 84, probably. Packers Madden 23 ratings. So overall, the team has an 88 rating. Your top, <laughs> your top three guys, Aaron Rodgers, who's 96 overall. David Bakhtiari, who's 94. Jair Alexander's 94. Those all seem a fuzz low to me. And Alan Lazard is 77 overall. See, that's a little disrespectful, I think. I think he should be. He'll, he'll, here's Ramsey's hot take for the week Alan Lazard will be an 84 by the end of the season. And he's the 19th best Packer, according to Madden this year. What was Christian Watson? Uh, Christian Watson, as a rookie, comes in at 28, 28th on the team, 71 overall. The amount of disrespect for Matt. What's AJ Dillon? AJ Dillon comes in at 80 overall. Aaron Jones at 89 overall. See, I think AJ Dillon's the better of the two backs. You could, it depends on what metric we're talking. If if I had to pick one for the offense and I could only have one back, I would take AJ Dillon over Aaron Jones. Interesting. Ten out of ten. But that's not even a question in my opinion. 
See, it depends on what you want your running back position to be. In this current offense, I'd probably agree with you just for the fact that it's a ground and pound offense. The Packers are going to win games by getting being more physical than the other team. And A.J. Dillon is by far the more physical back. I like Aaron Jones. Aaron Jones tends to disappear. In a way, I think that's a lot of scheme, though, too. Like, I don't know if he's necessarily to blame for that. He, he just tends to disappear. Like, even the playoff game, he, kind of, he had the one catch, but he was pretty much unirrelevant or irrelevant the rest of the game. I mean, there's been multiple times in his career where he's like, oh, he had 100 yards. This is a pretty forgettable 100 yards. Like, well, he'll have like 50 or 60 of it on one run. And like I said, I bet you, I'm going to guess A.J. Dillon is going to have a better season between the two. Yeah, I, I will say that. So this is kind of what my point of this was, is A.J. Dillon is a guy who between the, or, or in the 20s, between the 20, you know, really an all-purpose back. And not saying a, Aaron Jones isn't. Aaron Jones is a phenomenal athlete. But he's a phenomenal athlete. I don't know if that's necessarily a great running back. He's got great vision. He's got great instinct and great speed. But where the difference is, A.J. Dillon on any given run can bust off 8 or 10. But you're probably looking at probably like a 4 or 5-yard average. Can I elaborate what you're saying? Yes. A.J. Dillon can get hit in the backfield and gain 5 yards. Aaron Jones is in the backfield. It's a loss of 3. That's the difference in those two backs. But also at the same time, your big play ability, any given play that Aaron Jones touches the ball could go 80 yards. I would rather go without that and get the guaranteed five. That makes sense. Like I would rather have a guaranteed five than have a one in 10 shot 80. If you had to have one, I'd probably agree. And that's why that that's why the statement is I would take AJ Dillon over Aaron Jones. Sean, thoughts? On yes. what? <laughs> I'm watching Aaron Rodgers' uh, podcast interview today about Aaron, self-love. if you had to have one of the running backs. A.J. Dillon, hands down. The mayor. The, the mayor of The quad father, man. He is his. You Okay, so we sat on the defensive side of practice the other day. You could see homies. Quads. quads, calves, legs, whatever, from like just a chugging a lot of feet away. It was, I mean, his his legs are something to be marveled at. So here's, so I'm looking through these Madden ratings just to kind of bring this back. There are some disrespectful ratings in here. I think the one that bothers me the most is Elton Jenkins. And granted, you know, coming off an injury, Elton Jenkins is only 85 overall. That's a little disrespectful, isn't it? Does that piss you off just a little bit? Isn't he one of the best guards in the league? One of the best tackles, guards, whatever. IMO. And kind of flip side of that, I will say, so they got Rashawn Gary here at 89 overall. And there's no disrespect about Rashawn Gary. He had a good season last year, though. He did. This was based off his last year, not a body of work as a whole. And Kenny Clark at 89 overall, that seems low. Adrian Amos at 88. That seems about right. Uh, maybe a fuzz high. Devondre Campbell at 87. It's about right. Preston Smith at 82. Kind of lose me there. Sure. Rasul Douglas at 80. Robert Tunyon at 80. Yeah, yeah I can live with that. Darnell Savage at 79. Eric Stokes yeah. at 78. Yeah. 
Yeah, the rest of these, I, I'm going to go on record. I think I'm amazed that Rogers only 96. Yeah, but isn't Brady only a 97? I'd have to look into that. I'm trying to figure out who's all in the 99 club. Because that's like a big thing is to be part of that 99 club. Uh, Miles Garrett, Aaron Donald. I think Devontae. Devontae. Sean, who do you think should be part of the 99 club? I don't know what that is. Tom Brady should be in the 99 club. So the 99 club is players in in the game of Madden who have a 99 overall. Like, they're maxed out, basically. Okay. It's a big deal. Like, you actually get, like, a trophy from EA Sports if you are in it. And a chain, I believe, too. Okay. So the oh, this is Madden 22. But, like, Rodgers was in it last year. So the you go from 99 to 96 after an MVP season. Well, quarterbacks fluctuate in and out a little more than other positions do. True. True. Tom Brady is a 97. Patrick Mahomes is only a 95. So it's Brady's one, Rodgers two, Mahomes three. Yes, Brady, Rodgers, Mahomes, Allen, Burrow, Prescott, Herbert. Dak Prescott's an 89. Justin Herbert, 88. Lamar Jackson and Russell Wilson are tied at 87. In what fucking world? Matt Stafford rounds the top 10 at 85 overall. What world is Dak Prescott better than any of those guys below him? And what planet is that? None. That is egregious. I will not buy the game because of that. That's bad. Dak Prescott's probably like an 82, 83. He's going to have a rough year. I'm, that's another. Dak Prescott's going to have a long season. Uh, we get another. We get our first on this, ES, this ESPN article. Offensive line, there is one offensive lineman who's in the 99 club, and that's Trent Williams. I was going to say, I, just, I found the article of uh, the guys in there. Zach Martin from the Cowboys is 98. Uh, Tyron Smith from the Cowboys, 95. Quentin Nelson from the Colts, 95. Bakhtiar, 94. Taron Armstrong, or Armstead, excuse me, out of the Dolphins, 93. Lane Johnson, 92 from the Eagles. Former Packer Corey Lindsley, tied at 8th at uh, 91 for the Chargers. Uh, we go to cornerbacks. No cornerbacks at 99 overall either. Uh, yeah, that's about right. Jalen Ramsey at 98. Jair Alexander second at 94. Uh, Tredavious White, 93. A bunch of guys at 92. Uh, the lowest player on here, uh, 89 overall. Would you like to know the 99 club for Madden 23? Let's hear it, Shana. Uh We have Trent Williams. Yeah. We've got Devontae. Yeah. Miles Garrett. Yeah. And Aaron Donald. Yeah. Brady and Rodgers would both probably be in as well. So I'm looking at the running backs. Derrick Henry's 97. Nick Chubb, 96. McCaffrey. Christian McCaffrey should not be 96 if we're talking about Ooh. last year. Exactly. Jonathan Taylor, 95. Delvin Cook, 94. Joe Mixon, 93. Kamara, 90. Aaron Jones, 89. Austin Eckler, 88. Ezekiel Elliott, 88. Okay, I can live with that. I think the bottom half of that list is a little low. I can, If that's all of it, I can live with that. CMC probably shouldn't be on it, but that's... He's on it based on 
track record more than the last two seasons. He's on a base day one big year. And I like CMC. Not drafting him this year in fantasy football. That's for damn sure. Got burned by that enough. And this year he's going to have 70 touchdowns. That'd probably be my luck. You're going to have the opportunity to draft him. You're going to go, I got burned on this last year. You're going to pass. And all of a sudden he's going to rip off for 3,000 all-purpose yards and... Are you guys excited for fantasy football this year? Stoked. Are you ready, Ramsey? Are you excited for this year? Yeah. I came in second in the Roof of Wisconsin thing. I am on a... Uh, what is that called? When you're going to... No, like when you come... like when you want, When you want to come back and win. Vengeance? Yeah, that's my vengeance tour. tour. Yeah, there we go. Yep. I'm on a revenge tour. Who did I even lose to? Tyson. Yeah, Tyson going down, man. Just saying, Rams didn't even make the playoffs last year. You know, I had uh, a really good season going after I started out like 0 and 4 or something like that. Yeah, you didn't do hot because you, you would score a bunch just you every week for the first like six I, weeks. I believe I was like you had like the second most points, but, but you had the highest points against or points against. Yeah, couldn't put it away. But anyway. So, yeah, just a bad schedule for you, Ramsey. I'm excited for fantasy football this year. When's, when is the Root for Wisconsin fantasy football draft going to be happening? We, we should probably get on that. We should probably get on that. That's, quick. that's a, a weekend conversation. Put that in the notes. Yeah. Got it. <clears throat> but I, I am very much excited also for the fact that, that this is where I was going with the whole thing. Do you guys want to come over and drink beer and do the draft? Do you know who pisses Always. me off in fantasy football more than anybody? Justin. That one dude. Mike Evans. He always gets He's there. a top five fantasy wide receiver. Like, you need to have him on your team. But he's always good for, like, two or three weeks of, like, two points. <laughs> but then he'll go and have, like, a 30-point game the next week and make up for it. You literally draft him every year, and then you just bitch about the fact that you're like, fuck Mike Evans. Because it's always, like, when you need him to have a good Monday Night Football game, and you, you come down to Monday Night Football, you're down by, like, six. He, he puts up a tour for you. Yeah. <laughs> Without fail. It happens at least once a year. I don't draft Mike Evans, so you can have him. You've done this two years in a row now. I've done this probably five I years I would say that it's been a lot oh, more okay. than. Well, I've known Eric down for two years, and he's done it back to back. And I hear about the only reason I know who Mike Evans is is because you bitch about him so much. Every, every, every no, year. It's been, this has been going on for. <laughs> I never learned my lesson. Yeah. And well, at the same time, he's a top Three, four, five, like, like top five fantasy wide receiver every single year. And you're going to draft him again this year? Again, and we're going to have to hear it. I know. Mike Evans. I know. I I feel a little bit bad, but at the same time, I really don't. Why'd you lose this week, Eric? Mike Evans. Evans. Anyway, with that, really only one other thing to kind of talk about here, and that is what we are rooting for in the upcoming week because we're actually back to weekly episodes. Woo! Ramsey? Upcoming week. Uh, I'm rooting for Riley Reed and her new child she brought into the world. Christ. Sports-related, Rams. That is sports-related. Yeah. She's an athlete. Her heart rate gets up, you know. Oh, God. <laughs> this is kind of a family show sometimes. Well, well if you know, you know. She's a family. She's a family yeah. man. She's a mom. She just went to MILF territory today. 
have transitioned. Oh, God. Shauna, what are you rooting for? So it's a hatching of a butterfly. Oh, um, Brewers. Uh, we're going to go to the Brewer game this weekend. So I'm rooting for the Brewers to win so that we have a good time. Because it's always nice walking out of there to Hall & Oates. It's, it's never so fun when you're not. This is also going to be my root for. So a couple things. I don't know if you've seen this or not. So first of all, we're taking Mark and Hannah, my brother and future sister-in-law. Hannah's going to her first ever Brewer game. Woo! So very excited about that. But also, as we saw the commercial, it's alumni weekend. And the Brewers are going to be honoring Jonathan Lucroy, fan favorite catcher. Yeah. On Saturday afternoon or Sunday, mm-hmm. e- Saturday evening. Big stuff. So very excited to see who all comes back to town for that. And with that, that's our show. It was a big one. It was. Follow along Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, TikTok. I think that's all of them, right? Only Rams 5. Oh, Jesus. Feet picks. <laughs> Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, TikTok. <laughs> Only Rams 5. Also, if you haven't already, buy your tickets for RPW Heatwave 2. August 27th at the Watering Hole in Green Bay. Ramsey, Eric, Justin will be there. You need to buy tickets to Heat Wave. It's inexcusable. If you're not there. What are you doing? What are you doing with your life? No idea. But be there. The wrong thing. I won't be there. We've, we've covered this. I did not know yeah. that Shauna was not going to be in attendance. Yeah. Uh, we're going to a, a baseball game for my dad's 56th birthday. Bring them the heat wave. That's kind of what I said, but the fam, the fam nixed that, so we're going to the baseball game instead. I'll be there. Uh, that is a mistake. <laughs> I know. I seriously like. I talked it up. I'm like, we could like be like right front row kind of thing. It's real intimate kind of thing. And my fam was we like, baseball game. Chug beer. <laughs> Ramsey's gonna be there. Ramsey's not gonna be at a baseball game. Uh, oh, we got kids though. You know, you got to do the whole. I'm family friendly. Can be. Right. For the most part. Yeah. So uh, we'll see. We'll see about next time. But what if there's not a next time, Shauna? The world could end. Uh, excuse me. Heat Wave is rocking the watering hole. So August there's going to be a next time. You. Rich. You said that you were coming. I know I that. Bought, we bought the tickets. I know that. At the gate. But you, you committed. But here's what happened. So we were trying to put this baseball game together for my family to go because my dad's like, I want to do a baseball game. Eric offers up that weekend. It's the only well, weekend that works all summer for my entire family. And then Eric's like, we get home and he's like, oh, shit. Well, here's the thing, because we were looking at they were looking at Brewers Cubs tickets. I'm like, that's a mistake. No, that was the thing. The only weekends that worked for Brewer games were like Cubs games. And we're like, we're not going to pay all the extra money. So. Eric's like, let's go to a Timber Rattler game. So the weekend he suggests, everyone's like, yep, works for us. And then we, we get, get home, home and Eric's like, shit. Oh, shit. The, our, the Heat Wave 2 tickets are sitting and on their fridge. Going to a, you're going to a Timber Rattler game? Yeah. Instead of Heat Wave? Yeah, but we get all you can what? eat, man. We're doing all you can eat. I'll make it all you can drink. <laughs> I, we got the tickets. It's it's done. We're oh. going to be, we'll be a Heat Wave the next time there's a Heat Wave. Until there's a baseball game that comes up. Jesus. I'm sure Rich has got something in the books for, yeah, well, like, we're gonna, December. We're going to talk to him coming up here. It's part of the Road to Heart BW Heat Wave. Yeah, he's going to be dropping something. I'll be there. Best way to spend 30 bucks. I know it. Anyway, so, yes, follow Facebook, <laughs> Twitter, Instagram, TikTok. A couple new posts today. 
couple new posts over the last couple of days. A lot more active. Some exciting news coming up in the upcoming weeks. We got big stuff coming. And we are glad to be back. Episode 81 is in the books for Justin, who's off this episode after about five minutes. Ramsey, Shauna, I'm Eric. Signing off. We're in the books. See ya. Bye. Bye.